Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Fun talking twins and keep talking twins. Ken Herbeck knows all about what it's like to go through a magical season. He also, next week, Herbie, you're going to be involved. Uh, we've got a big dinner coming up to, to raise some money for uh, uh, to put uh, uh, food in the right people. Wayne Kostrowski's got it going on. You're going to be a part of that big dinner, aren't you? Of course. Good morning, anyway, first of all, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, anytime I get a meal sent my way, you know what I mean? Yeah, that should be fun. That's a week from Monday, and Wayne's doing some great work, and uh, uh, you'll be a part of it, and uh, a number of people will be a, a star-studded event. Herbie, what you, what's it like for you to watch the Twins and, and to appreciate? Do you feel? Did you feel when you guys won it a couple of years that's a, a kind of a magic that, they, that you see this year in this team? You know what? I, I guess I've never seen anything like this team. First of all, I don't think our team, you know, our team's back in the you know late eighties, early nineties. Uh, didn't play like these guys are playing. Holy smokes! Uh, I know you talked to Molly a little earlier today, and uh, the power numbers are crazy. And uh, I've never really seen a team uh, go this crazy with the bats. It's unbelievable. Ken, have you had a chance to hold one of the 2019 baseballs in your hand? Because a lot of people have said it doesn't look like the ball that they used when I was playing. Uh, you know what? They talked about that in 87 as well. I have not held the baseball, first of all. I guess I haven't. Now maybe I've picked one up, but I haven't really you know, thought about it. Or, or is it harder or fly farther? I know they, uh, in 87 there was a big talk about the ball being juiced. And... Uh, 87 was the year I hit my most home runs uh, in my career. So uh, maybe they were juiced. I don't know. Uh, my ground ball to second base might have been a little harder, too, I think. <laughs> Sid? You being a former twin first baseman, how do you like this, the new twin first baseman? Mr. Crone's doing a heck of a job. That was a serious pickup that the twins got there. You know, he had a pretty good year, a real good year the year before or last year in uh, – uh, Tampa Bay, and you know they didn't offer him a contract. I think he was doing a lot of DHing then, but now uh, they said he could play some first base, and he's played first base uh, as good as anybody over there. And then to hit 280, and and well, he's got 17 home runs now. Uh, what a, a tremendous pickup they've made with him, and and uh, you know he's continuing on from what he did last year. Herbie, I don't know if you have played with anybody that's like Miguel Sano. Uh, obviously, he, he kind of helped. Really, won two games the last two days uh, with his home runs and etc. And he strikes out a lot, a lot in between. What do you tell a guy like that? Do you just say keep swinging for it, and, and, and as long as you hit home runs, that's that's all that matters? Well, you know what, Mike? I think in a, uh, you know, he hit a couple of bats before that with guys on base and struck out, and could have drove runs in earlier in the game by just making some contact or or moving the ball someplace and getting somebody in from third base. But, uh, you know, whether it's going to help or hurt them, hurt the team as far as, as uh, what he's doing now, 
probably was like over 17 slump at the time when he hit the home run with like 14 strikeouts. Um, you know, that's uh, it's part of the game, but for him to come up and hit the big home run for him in both games, uh, it, it's nice. But, you know, how long is that going to last? Apparently it's working with what they got going right now. You can't mess with, uh, with, with an engine that's running well. And they're definitely running well. Their offense is unbelievable. Ken, have you got a chance to know Rocco Altabella? He, he brings a whole different preparation routine to the game. Yeah, you know, I think he just wants the guys to play, have fun, and play the game and, and you know, make sure they're prepared before they step on the field. I think that's all he wants out of their guys, out of his guys. Um, you know, Tom Kelly was the same type of manager. You know, give me first or give me last, but give it to me and, and make sure that we're ready to play the first inning, and, and I think you know Rocco wants his guys to do that. Be ready to play the game, and go about which way they like to bring, you know get themselves ready for a baseball game instead of him trying to tell them uh, how they're supposed to prepare. My, my uh, you know, I myself had different ways about going and preparing myself to play a game. Kirby Puckett had himself a, a certain way to get ready to play, and, and I think that's what Rocco has done is, is let these guys prepare themselves the way they think they can get best ready to play the game rather than somebody else telling them how to get ready. And so far it's worked. Uh, if the record was the other way around, you might see them on the field every day taking ground balls. <laughs> yeah. Sid? You were in spring training with the Twins, right? Did you see? I wasn't, th- I w- I wasn't this year, no. You wasn't? Okay. Okay, Ken Herbert, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, we'll, All right, guys, thanks. We'll thanks see you a week from Monday. Big soiree at uh, Interlochen there that Wayne Kostrowski's yeah. put. Can't hurry up to be a yep. part and of it. You're going to be there too, Mike. I'm going to be there again. I'm going to tap you for an interview again. We'll be doing live from there <laughs> at our CCO show. You, you won't pass up a free meal either. I ain't passing up any free, free meal either, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to make sure I'm in line before Herbie. Ouch. Yeah. Well, maybe if Sid, Sid would give me a steak, then I wouldn't have to go. Yeah, we'll work on we'll that. We'll work on that during the break. There you go. That's a perfect, <laughs> perfect way to close it out. We'll make sure of that. Thanks. Thanks, guys. You bet. It's Ken Herbeck. Back with more right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. We are back, and uh, as luck would have it, we've got a chance to talk to an active twin, not only an active twin, but a, a member, a critical member of the Twins pitching staff. Taylor Rogers joins us right now. Taylor, what's it like pitching in Kansas City or watching down there? You guys have, have had cool weather almost all year, and it looked like you guys were playing in a really hot place. Oh, man, yeah, that's a little bit different for us. Um, it's hot here, but uh, you know what? We've got a chance today to uh, have another winning road trip, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah, I talked to you after that 17-inning marathon the next day. We had a nice visit about it, and it was something that no one had experienced. And what was that like? You, you had an inning there to extend the game, et cetera, but what was it like to be a part of that? What did that feel like? Well, it didn't really hit us until I think a couple of days later and yeah. uh, kind of had a hangover. But, uh, you know, that's just the ebbs and flows of the season. Um, it's a long season. You're going to run into stuff. and. Uh, that's why we just just set out to either win a homestand or win a road trip, and you can look up at the end of the year and be in a pretty good location. Talk about uh, being a closer. How do you like that? Oh, it's good. It's 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 really nice. You know, I like uh, obviously the adrenaline is a little bit different in in that type of inning, but uh, having your teammates count on you is, is a nice feeling, and being in that position is. Uh, 
you know, it's rewarding, but uh, you also, you know, sometimes when it doesn't go well, it, it's it's all on you and it's all your fault. So uh, it, it's interesting, and, and I really enjoy it. Taylor, I think many of our regular listeners know from previous interviews, you've got a twin brother, also a pitcher. How is he doing, and how often do you guys talk? Well, he's doing really well. Um, I think we will see what happens. He might make his third straight AAA All-Star game. So uh, uh, with that being said, I, I don't have anything to say about why he hasn't been called up yet. <laughs> um, and then uh, we, we try to talk a lot. Time changes have been difficult lately. They're out in Sacramento. Um, so time changes are a little difficult. But it's nice to have a best friend uh, that's in the game, somebody I can talk to. And uh, a lot of times it's just a vent session. Sometimes I get to just complain about the game because it can make you crazy sometimes mm. and he can do the same. Have you ever been a starter? I, I was a starter uh, my whole career until I got called up. Yeah, and that, that's pretty, I mean, maybe a little bit more now uh, now in the modern game, but get, most guys that end up in the bullpen in the big leagues are as closers uh, were starters. I mean, they want to evaluate you as a starter in the minor leagues as much as they can, right? Certainly, certainly. I think that's how you learn. Uh, and that's part of the minor league process. But the way you're going to learn is, is just going out there pitching. You know, you can have the best pitching coaches and, and the best video and everything. But yeah. I, I truly believe the best way to learn is to go out there and do it and see and learn for yourself. And I think starting is the way to do that. The more innings you get, the more experience you get. I just think that's the best route. Um, and then, you know, uh, for me personally, it was it was uh, going into spring training. Terry Ryan said, hey, look, if, if you want to be a starter, you can be a AAA or you can go for a bullpen job and be in the big leagues. And for, for a guy that had been in the big leagues yet, that's a pretty easy decision. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> hey, Taylor, how do, you, how do you feel about multiple multiple innings? I mean, we've gotten so used to seeing a relief pitcher for a single inning, but from time to time it seems it's appropriate and uh, you'll be out there uh, going a second inning. Is that, you know, maybe because you were once a starter, is that something that's, that you know, just comes with a job? I think so, yeah. I think uh, the game obviously dictates that, as, as you said. But, uh, yeah, sometimes you're forced yeah. to do that, go multiple innings and, we we uh, had some talks with Rocco. We we kind of see how they've used uh, Andrew Miller or, or Josh Hader, those guys that go multiple innings, and just tried to look at their track record and see how they were used and see if they actually hit a wall or were overused at some point. So we've been keeping an eye on it, but sometimes the game dicks that, dictates that, and uh, you got to do what you got to do. Talk about the guy who runs the bullpen. What does he do? Oh, Jeremy Hefner, he's 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 really great. Um, <clears throat> he's different than Eddie, obviously personality-wise. Um, not many people compare to Eddie personality-wise. <laughs> well put. <laughs> but uh, he he really knows his stuff. So he he was our um, kind of scouting report guy behind the scenes the last couple of years. Um, so a lot of us are familiar with us with him, and and he's familiar with us. Um, he's really really good at at putting together some scouting reports or some plans. Um, that you can go out and, and execute and feel good about. And then he can he's a good person to kind of – he can translate through kind of some of Wes's stuff. So when Wes starts talking about his biomechanics and 
and rap sodos and stuff he can i can kind of go to him and, and get the elementary school version of what, <laughs> what do you mean by that huh <laughs> hey, hey, you've also mirrored to an extent though boreos and watching him jose boreos and obviously he was electric this week and as i mentioned earlier nothing to show for it. didn't get a win on either game but uh that's life as a starting pitcher what have you seen as he's matured to it looks like you know he, not just a top of the rotation guy that he wants to be but it looks like he's really embracing that he certainly is i i think he he wakes up every day thinking he's the best guy in the rotation and the best guy in the league, and, and I truly believe that that he is. And and that's what I'm talking about with experiences. You guys are seeing it. Uh, nobody can teach him or tell him something. He's learning for himself, and it's showing. He that when he brought out that changeup, that was just from what he thought he should do, and that's just from going out there and getting experience. And the more he gets, the more dangerous he's going to be. Mister Rogers. Always a pleasure to visit you, and for being on the show, we'll send you a MERS certificate, the best stake in town. Care of Dustin. Dustin will get it for you. Okay? Awesome. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, Taylor. Good luck. Yeah, good luck this afternoon. All right, that was Taylor Rogers. I'm, we're going to open the phone lines here in this next segment. Mike Beck uh, will be joining us in the studio a little after 1130, but let's uh, hear your phone calls. A couple of you called earlier. It just wasn't the right time. It is now. So give us a call at 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. We'll talk to you right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back. Nice job. You responded uh, very well to that request for calls. Let's take them in the order in which they came. We'll start on line one with Skip in Bloomington. Skip, what's on your mind? Yeah, uh, good morning, guys. Morning. Uh, Austin Peel, why do they keep trying to play him in the outfield? He's he's more of a catcher, and he he can't play these other positions. Too many errors. He played second base, too. That's kind of fun to watch him. Well, it's his versatility. That's yeah. the new baseball. He's you know he's one of those Swiss Army knife guys. He may not have uh, the fleet speed in in the outfield, but he gives them the versatility that uh, allows them to be more flexible with what they do on the bench. Uh, I thought he'd worked out his first pitch affection when he went down to AAA and hit about five forty, but he's still going after that. And I think the pitchers in the big leagues know they don't have to pitch him in the strike zone. So I think he was one of the few uh, twin hitters without a hit yesterday. But they like him. He's he's a, he's a good player. He's a good uh, good weapon off the bench, and I think uh, he's got a, a long future with the team. Let's go to uh, Doug in St. Paul next. Go ahead, Doug. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. I listen every Sunday. Good. And I hear you talk to uh, uh, Coach Fleck, and I was, uh, based upon what you guys have done, I bought uh, four-season tickets. Never done it before, but I'm right. looking forward. But he doesn't, nobody seems to ask him about the quarterback. Have they got somebody that can, that's going to do the job? It seems like he's the, you know, they talk about the lineman and the wide receiver and running backs, but what, what's the situation for the guys at quarterback? We've talked about that several times with him, and uh, he's got two guys with experience. I think he really likes Dave, don't you? Have two guys that can manage it, and he knows exactly who wants to do it. Yeah, he's made a competition out of it. I think he's comfortable with both of them. He's also got the real interest in the two guys who back them up. They've got four guys competing at quarterback. I'd be shocked if it wasn't uh, Annexted or Morgan, the two uh, who've got experience. But, yeah, he's, he's happy at the quarterback position, and uh, they've got about as much experience as a lot of Big Ten teams uh, in that uh so, you know, we try to ask them different questions every week, but yeah. I'm sure that one will come up again. Uh, this is going well. I'll give the phone numbers again, 651-989-9226. Let's go to Gary next. Gary's in Odessa. Go ahead, Gary. Yeah, I'm just going to call. Hey, Sid, I was just going to say, I, I went to all three games. I got two two or four more games coming up. But, hey, 
we're we're playing at home. Why are we every game we got we're playing uh away game uniform. It wouldn't work very good for the Vikings. You you can't you wear your whites when you're home. I'll hang up. And Mike, you want to take a shot at the well, – we get this question every yeah, year. I mean, the, the uniforms are decided by the starting pitcher. Yeah. They, they decide what uniforms they're going to wear. And I know there's a lot of different combinations uh, for the Twins and a lot of teams. Uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox, I don't think they have many combinations. But the, every other team in the market, uh, go figure. But that's what they do. They decide. They give them a bunch of combinations. The starting pitcher gets to decide which ones they wear. Yeah, and uh, my friend Joe O'Connell, who listens every week, I know he watches. If they come out in the softball uniforms, it's uh, it's going to be a bad day. But yeah, it's the new baseball. Yeah, we yeah. got time for two more here. Let's go to Mike in uh, West Fargo. Mike, how you doing? Good morning. I'm doing well. Um, how are you guys doing? We're great. Thank you. Go ahead. Okay, good. Hey, uh, I want to go about and talk about the Vikings. Uh, same question I had last, optimistic about the Vikings. And I'm real happy with the new center, this Garrett. I think he's going to be really good. Um, but I'm concerned about the guards still. Um, I know we got Klein as a new guy, Elfin, who was great his first year, and then he had the, all those ankle and shoulder injuries. And I'm thinking he's still not back to normal. Um, what do you guys think? I watched him out there at uh, minicamp. He looked uh, pretty good to me. Elfline, you're talking about yeah, Pat Elfline. Right. Some people think he'll be a better guard than a center that a little bit undersized the center, and they're taking advantage of that with some of these big nose tackles. So I think that they're, they're semi-optimistic about it. But the truth is, you cannot improve an offensive line uh, with trades and free agency because there's not enough good offensive linemen out there to go get. They're so protected. So you have to develop and hope that your coaches are better than their coaches. Yeah, and, they, and the techniques uh, between college and pros are such it's tough to yeah. come in and, and be effective right away. So I, I think the question is well-placed. Yeah. I think that's, that's everybody. You read all the magazines that are out, and they go immediately to the offensive line. Raise your kids to be a tackle, not a quarterback, a tackle, because that's ca- where the money is A catcher going. or an offensive yep. lineman. All right, let's uh, try to take one more call here. It'll be Clancy and Hutchinson. Morning, Clancy. What's on your mind? Well, real question uh... – now, does Amir Coffee become the property of the Clippers? What What are his options if he doesn't make the team D League overseas, or what's What's all in his future? I didn't see if he got a contract on it. He got an Exhibit rain, Ten, but... the kind of the thing that we were talking about, and and that means that for a limited amount of time, he is their sole property. But yeah. they will have to then make a determination. The next step up that he would like would be the the split, the the two way contract. Two way contract has been the goal all along yeah. for him, and and so he was able. The the good news about not getting drafted is he was able to at least pick a team that he thinks might you know that his needs or skill set might fit. So, but the goal is to play well enough in the summer games that he gets the two-way contract. And, I, and I, I, David, I read this right. They got so long to decide whether or not they want to do that or he becomes a free agent in essence again, right? That is correct. Yeah. And uh, uh, then uh, Europe, as Clancy said, is absolutely yeah. a possibility. All right, uh, it's 1130. We're going to take a break here. Uh, when we come back, Mike Je- Mike Veck will be joining us live in the studio. Always enjoy our conversations with Mike Veck. And while we're taking this break, we'll uh, get Mike uh, seated here at the roundtable. So stick around. That'll be fun. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back. Uh, we are live with an in-studio guest. That's a rare treat for us. All right, Sid, do you, you want to say good morning to our in-studio guest? Do you not only know him, you know his family. Well, nobody goes farther back than I do. Well, that's true. Bill Vec, Bill Vec, Hank Greenberg, all of those guys at, uh, with the White Sox, with uh, uh, Cleveland Indians. Nobody goes back. The best one was I get a call from Greenberg one day. Mike's dad is having trouble 
with his health, and he wants me to get him to Mayo Clinic. So I take him to Mayo Clinic, and uh, in fact, I picked him up and took him back to the airport all the time for five, six weeks. And finally, they decided he can't drink beer. That was causing all his problems. But uh, he had a lot to do with almost moving the Indians to Minneapolis. And he's just a, a great guy. His mom, a great friend of mine, the whole family is a great friend of mine. No better guy than Bill Vec. They try to keep him. We're down in Florida uh, at a baseball meeting. How long is this going to go? And uh, he was going to get the White Sox. And uh, some of the owners were going to put him on hold. But uh, he was standing right there. And they were talking about how they're going to get him back in baseball. Yeah, it was John. And so, Fetzer. with no further ado, <laughs> yeah. So, we Mike, thanks over. for stopping in. Come back some other time when we've got more time to talk. <laughs> we welcome I Mike like back. that. I got to tell you, for people that that Sid is revered in the Vec household because of the fact that he picked my old man up. Like he said, every week when everybody had written him off, thought he was dying, and he drove him to Mayo Clinic and came back. And my old man ended up in Mayo Clinic and was with Ernest Hemingway for his last hospital visit. And <laughs> Hemingway goes, to, goes back to catch him and blows his brains out. Yeah. And I said to my old man, why was that? And he goes, he read that article, the story he wrote in the Saturday Evening Post, and he knew how terrible it was. He couldn't write anymore, oh, and wow. that's what killed him. Oh, there, there's, and what killed my old man was wow. no beer and no cigarettes. <laughs> All right, so let's let's move forward to the current time. Everyone's saying the Twins are doing so great. I looked at your record: twenty-four and ten. Saints are off to a great start. Yeah, we we've been getting some we've been getting some pitching. We had Medina with a no hitter the other day. The local kid from the U of M models hitting four hundred. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where the stars are aligned. Perfectly, but I think the most interesting thing was a couple of weeks ago, the Twins sell out at Allianz Field. The Minnesota United has 21,000 people, and we have 9,000 people. Hmm. Don't tell me this isn't one of the greatest areas for sports. Isn't that something? I mean, that's 50,000, almost 60,000 people at live sporting events, and that doesn't cover all the amateur. Mike, let me ask you about something that's going on at your ball field. Because uh, I've had two – Sid, wait a minute. Sid, stop. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I've had two friends over there, and they said there is an ex- there's a display over there of the history of baseball in St. Paul that if you haven't seen it, and I apologize, I have not yet seen it. I hear it's absolutely terrific. Yeah, I, I don't think that anybody can say they've used 2,127 square feet as effectively as the people who put this museum in. And it covers 150 – Years of baseball in St. Paul, and so it goes from Tony Stone to Billy Peterson to the amateur programs to obviously our Hall of Fame, you know, trio maybe to be four soon with uh, with Maurer. I mean, it's a remarkable um, tribute to the area and and not only the talent that comes out, but the love of baseball um, and how it helps shape the town. You know, St. Paul, my old man, when he was running the Brewers, all he wanted to do was have a big rivalry <laughs> with St. Paul and the Millers because 
yep. that would get some attention yep. for him. And he was not above wading into the stands and starting a little yeah, absolutely. melee just to get a little attention. I'm shocked to hear that your dad was... Uh, Isn't that yeah. shocking? Yeah. <laughs> Breaking news here on the, on, on you the got, sports You got some auto. disco demolition coming to the Saints too, don't you? Yeah, you know, we're going to celebrate it. Everybody else has. I've been drugged through the mire. I can't make up my mind. America's schizophrenic, let's face it. Yeah. What is the problem? For 10 years, I couldn't get a job in baseball. Now it's like revered. It's one of those avuncular kind of events. Hey, I was at Disco. If as many people who's told me they were at Disco Demolition were, the Vex had still owned the White Sox. Right. We'd be still in town. Chicago mayor coming in to pay special tribute to, to, uh, <laughs> to you for, for what happened that, that evening. It was amazing. It was the first time I ever heard somebody call in and go, the town is, is suffering from gridlock. I said, I was 28 years old. I didn't know what gridlock meant. I said, that's cool. They go, what's it mean? They go, traffic's backed up to O'Hare Airport. That's 17 miles. (laughs) 17 miles. So they give away T-shirts the other day. And here's the killer part. Disco demolition was my idea. Steve Dahl trademarked the two words, disco demolition. He gets paid on the gig, and I get banished from baseball. Where is that? (laughs) Story of your life. You've got Max Murphy. Uh, play for a name of people uh, followed the Twins minor league system for a while. Very promising player at one time. He's doing great for you guys. Oh my God, he's knocking the cover off it. Yeah, the, that's right. The Brewers in the in the forties at Borchard Field. Louis Jacobs was his finest. Sir. Louis Jacobs from Sports Service, one of his dear friends, and didn't keep his kid from suing. From suing my old man at the racetrack one day. My old man, I've, I've never admired somebody so much. He said, your father was my dearest friend. Please don't do this because if we get in court, I will beat your brains out. And he just couldn't resist. So Delaware North came after him. and Guys, that was it. Well, I'm going to jump in because we're going to take a break. Yeah. We'll continue yeah. this conversation on the other side. <laughs> we got Mike Veck in studio. How much fun can that be? We'll be back right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. And Mike. All right, we are back. Just want to point out again, it is not raining in downtown Minneapolis. The Pride Parade is uh, going on. It's passing our studios, and it's nice outside. People are about two, three deep on the sidewalk, and traffic is moving okay. So it's a, a nice morning, and so far rain-free. Sid, you had a question. Mike, you know, at one time your dad and Abe Saperstein were trying to move the Philadelphia team to Minneapolis. You know that? Yeah. And they would play... For one year in the parade grounds. Wait, is never this basketball for- or baseball? It's I'll baseball. Never, I'll never forget visiting the parade grounds with your dad, Abe Shopperstein, and a bunch of guys from Minneapolis, and it almost happened. Well, Saperstein was one of the great suppliers of talent to my old man. He would call, you know, he ran the... He, he ran the Harlem Globetrotters yeah. for years and years, and except for his bad taste in art, he bought every bad piece of art in the upper Midwest. That's <laughs> That's been chronicled. But he also knew every ball player, and he was constantly feeding them um, to Dad, and they were they were dear friends. And so, you know, it's like the Phillies in 42. I mean, Branch introduced, obviously, Mr. Robinson, but in 1942, my old man was trying to buy the Phillies Yet again, and, you know, once the commissioner's office heard about that, they were like, he's going to sign those guys from the old Negro Leagues back yeah, then. Yeah, we're not going to let that happen. That Negro League 
has some of the great players of all time in it, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, let me tell you, you ever go down to Kansas City where the Twins are today, I've gone to that Negro League Museum. That is worth, uh, you, know, you see the Josh Gibson stuff, you go, whoa. This guy would have rewritten a lot of records. Just on, you look at him in his presence, you go, that might have been the greatest catcher ever. But speaking of my old man, I'm sure Sid and my old man talked about this. My old man said, pound for pound, Josh Gibson, greatest ball player he ever saw. The great, and it, there wasn't even a hesitation. He yep. was just like, and it's interesting because I've donated all of the papers and all of our book collection, my mom and dad's and, and mine, to the Negro League Museum. That's my cool. wife's favorite museum. They would outdraw Major League Baseball. Well, they got their troubles right now. They, they say that. Not here in Twinsville, but everywhere else they got some what trouble. What do you mean? The Negro League would outdraw Major League Baseball? Is that what you're yeah. With the caliber of talent. Yeah. 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 Mike, uh, your family has, has had medical issues. How's, how's your daughter? My, uh, my daughter is, 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 you know, as well as can be expected. Yeah. That's, the, that's the best way to put it. She's, uh, you know, she's ill. And so you... You know, like all of us, it, what it does is give you a great sense of priorities. And, uh, and she's been a huge lesson to me about what's important and what's not. So I appreciate your asking. She's still a tiger, and it'll be interesting to see. So. Bill Murray. How, how, explain your relationship with Bill Murray. How did, how did that begin? And he's such a, a great piece of – and when he, anytime he gets involved, everybody smiles. He, um, um, he and uh, Van Schley, who was the cinematographer at Woodstock, um, and Marv bought the Miami Miracle, and they hired me because I had an ad agency in in Fort Lauderdale, and uh, so I've never forgotten that. But I used to see Bill at the Rolling Stone party in Chicago, which was the only party to be invited to. It didn't matter; you didn't go to the Playboy; you wanted to go to the Rolling Stone Christmas party, which went on for like two and a half weeks or something like that. And so we've been friends ever since the Miami experiment in 90. Um, I got him to move to Charleston about 10 years ago. He's in New York right now shooting um, Sofia Coppola's new movie on the rocks. And uh, we're basically very boring (laughs) together. We just love the same music, but he lives in the moment. He doesn't think about yesterday and gosh, I wish I hadn't taken that role or I had taken that role. And he understands that his, it's easier to get a Bill Murray autograph than, than it is to get a kid hitting 220 playing second base in the big leagues. You explain that to me. I don't get that. And he's accessible. He understands that it's us, the people in this room and the people listening to you who go to his movies. He's appreciative. And he's just having a lot of fun. And it's a wonderful thing. And if he didn't get sand in my Ford, beloved Ford Mustang convertible, I'd love him entirely. But he just gets too much sand in my car. Just don't dig that. How, what, the resurgence in his career, though, over the last several years, not that he hasn't done well along, what, what's it been like to see that? Um, I think that when you look at a guy who hasn't done Ghostbusters 27 and could, yeah, and, and went as a song and dance man, did a one-man show on the road in front of um, three virtuosos playing classical music, God, he toured for a year and a half, and and he's created an opportunity for himself to try new things, and that's what I think people admire. You know, everybody got carried away with reinventing yourself, but what he's actually done is artistically looking at it and saying, "Well, I haven't done this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try this." And he and and uh, speaking of Rebecca, he and my wife Libby designed a home for Rebecca to 
allow her wheelchair access everywhere. And it's the most beautiful thing. Mm. And they did it with no plans. They just kind of stood around and talked about it. And Fran's been there. It's it's beautiful. So he has all these talents going. What are you, what are you average drawing right now? We're averaging about seventy seven hundred right now. So we seat seventy two hundred. We got murdered. I never say this. It's the first time in 27 years of knowing you all I've said this, but we got murdered like everybody did that first 10 days of the season. I mean, the average temperature was 42. (laughs) But we're 77. We got five or six local kids on, which I think contributes to the interest. And the twins going great. What's wonderful is, you know, this is a Vikings town, no matter what anybody says. And come August 15th, if the twins aren't in contention, baseball goes away. This year, we're going to all be there. All right, we're back with Mike Beck. And, and Mike, uh, you've been at this a long time. How do you best explain the phenomenon that is the that is Saints? And, you know, when, when that came out, people said, oh, it's a fad. They'll get the Daryl Strawberries and what have you. But it, it, it'll have no lasting power. I, I don't hear those people anymore. What do you provide that keeps the people coming? I think the same thing that the, for the first time, I think the Major League Baseball is in a position. Everybody's talking about how long the games are, right? You hear it all the time. They call in. You hear it. It's not how long the games are. It's what you do around the game to give fans a little extra. And I think for the first time, they're taking Major League Baseball to task. We always said, this is about your experience. Fun is good. Fun is good. We never change. Target Field came in. We were still talking about having fun. And who would ever think that sociologically we need fun now more than we ever did before? Hmm. I mean, it's it's look at our society. We're, we're, we've got little silos growing up everywhere. And so I think that people look at it. Guy came up to me last night and he said, I actually know who won the ball game tonight. And it was really exciting. And uh, was it your fireworks show the night before? And that was really good. And I used to tell people I don't really care, but that's not true. I do care if you guys win or lose because it's just a little more exciting. But he said, I don't have to mortgage my house. I can give my kids whatever. And that, that's music to yours, and I believe that's what it is. We've just tried to stay true to what we are. Right, I'm, I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to walk out of the studio, and I want, I'm going over to host the Mr. Baseball, Miss Softball banquet at Target Field. So I'm not being disrespectful here. I'm just sneaking out, and you know where I'm going. Uh, tonight you've got biodiesel night. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how that compares to disco demolition. How does that compare? Just don't strike a match. You know. There you I- go. <laughs> there could be an explosion either way. I'm just saying. <laughs> Mike Beck is saying we got a game tonight. Mike teased a little bit. People haven't seen the Saints. Can they get in tonight? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We have a 5 o'clock start, and then we're here through Wednesday. So we've got uh, always tickets available. A lot of people buy roaming tickets and just wander around and never get a seat. So, you know, I I, I pinch myself and say we're five years into CHS. People are coming still from all. We have a group from Contingent coming today from Australia to look at the ballpark because the design is, is, is so radically different than anything people are used to. Okay, you think you'll ever be a, a part of the twin minor league system? You know, it's really interesting that, that you say that. And I, I, I think for the first time that there are people discussing AAA and certain leagues going. So I, I think that because independent baseball and the American Association is poised 
Um, I, I used to say, oh, that'll never happen. But I think it's a good – I think down the road, three to five years, there's a chance that there'll be a whole, total realignment of all minor league teams. And I think there might be some contraction at the, at the minor league level, affiliated. So I think that opens opportunities for the independent teams. You talked about contraction. I, um, we're about the same age. I can't remember how many minor league teams there were, but there were down to D level. You go back into the- 500 when television came in. 500 minor league teams. Now there's 160 in affiliated ball and probably another 60 independent teams. Where are the Saints top 10% of the um, unaffiliated? We, we've been, it, it, the Saints are in the top 10 of either one. I mean, it's it's a credit to the fans. I couldn't – if I started thanking everybody today, I'd still be thanking them on Thursday because what this has done in terms of our ranking nationally is is unbelievable. Still about a minute and a half to go. You, you lost a kid already to, to organize Major League Baseball. You had a good time. Yeah, that, that, that kid's 2-0, and and he is um, going into the Brewer organization – and and once again, it's just an example. 140 kids have gone back to major league organizations. 22 have gone on to the big leagues. And I think we're going to lose a couple more before the season. And the thing about the Saints is it's not town ball, as we were accused of, because that kid got called on Tuesday and we let him go on Tuesday night. George is that dedicated to getting, you know, these kids' careers back into organizations, which is what they want. We got about a minute to go. I want to thank our guest, and Mike. I want to thank you for coming in. Every time this happens, I smile about two weeks ahead of time, knowing that you're going to be in the studio. It's always well. So I appreciate much fun that. To talk and to here's you. something that Twins fans ought to know about: Nick Baker, who came to the Saints from the Twins, yesterday got the number two job as groundskeeper in New York for the Mets. So don't tell me this ain't developmental baseball. There's all kinds of routes to the big league. I want to thank our, our guest, Gerson Rojas, uh, Derek Falvey of the Twins, Hollis Kavner, P.J. Fleck, Paul Molitor, Nelson Cruz, Kent Herbeck, Taylor Rogers, and Mike Beck. We had a chance to talk a lot of baseball today. It's baseball time of the year. Mike's got a game at 5 o'clock tonight. Well, he's not playing, but the Saints have a game But at 5 o'clock tonight. If you haven't seen Saints or if you have, get over there. See that that uh, setup on the history of minor league baseball in St. Paul. I hear it's absolutely wonderful we will be back here again next week to do it we invite you to join us by text or phone uh we are out of time for right now so we'll say goodbye from us good dave and mike we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.